Hey everyone, welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be wrapping up our Makeup and Mandalore series, at least for the time being, until, you know, the Mandalorian comes back. Uh, but the Siege of Mandalore has come to an end. Clone Wars has come to an end. We've felt all of the feels, but we do have a couple of news items to get to first. So I guess let's start off with, we've got a lot of podcast things to shout out, um, starting with like May the 4th. Uh, we were on the Apple Podcasts May the 4th page which blew both of our minds. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it at all. No, I was not either. <laughs> I, I died. I think I died. <laughs> I think we were like, what, like the ninth one down or something? Yeah. Well, I think like the best thing about it was that almost all the podcasts on there were like women hosted yeah. or had women hosts or were just like really positive. Like we were, we're friends with a lot of the people who were mentioned. So that was super, super cool. Yeah. And along those same lines, so on Revenge of the Fifth, May 5th, um, What the Force Show did Revenge of the Femme, um, a YouTube live event. And Alex, you watched that, right? Yeah, I watched it. I didn't get to watch it live, but I went back and I, I watched it on the replay. And it was amazing. It was There, yeah. there were just like um, amazing women that were part of that show. It's like five hours long, but um, <laughs> totally worth it. Um, definitely watch Miss This actually played their brand new song that hasn't been released yet. So you got to check it out for that. Yeah, I really need to hear this song because it's inspired by the world between worlds. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Allie is like on that world between worlds train. And I'm like, yes. She's the conductor. And we're she all just passengers. <laughs> I just like anytime world between worlds or anything happens, like Allie jumps on the TL. She's like, so world between worlds. I love it. It's so great. And then finally, um, another podcast thing. Alex and I um, are on Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge, um, their newest episode, which will be coming out tomorrow. So we got to talk with Shannon. We talked a lot about books. Uh, we actually talked about the Tross novel, which was really interesting. I think that was a really cool conversation. Mm -hmm. We had a really good time. It was fun. Yeah, it was very fun. And we were, were all in different countries, so that was interesting. <laughs> um, but you can check that out on um, her YouTube channel, and I'll link all of that down below so you guys can go and listen to that. So we also got, finally, an update from Celebration. So <laughs> Star Wars Celebration is supposed to be coming up in August. Uh, I mean, it's been very silent. <laughs> was it an update? It was a non-update. It was like... It was a non-update. I, I, I feel like it was just like, hey, we're aware of the situation, so just be aware that we are aware of it, and we're going to try to figure out what we're going to do next. Um, yes. <laughs> We're both in the camp that we definitely don't think it's going to happen in August. Um, yeah. We're just holding our breath whether it's going to be fully canceled or it's going to be rescheduled or they are going to have it in August, but it's going to be completely online. Yeah, I the one thing I did like about this email and like people were really salty about it because like, yes, it doesn't really say anything, but they did say if they cancel or postpone, they are going to like refund tickets or you can transfer it to the new date, um, which was like the main yeah. thing I was thinking about because it's like, mm -hmm. I, I would like it if it's postponed. And if it is going to be postponed, I wanted to know that like my information and my stuff was going to transfer it's over. Transfer over and we don't have to do that. Uh, let's let's get up and, and buy tickets all over again. <sighs> Jeez. <yeah. laughs> well, like, Especially the since... Anaheim sold out in like 10 minutes. Oh god, yeah, it sold out <laughs> so fast, which I mean, 
it's also kind of a good thing because like if they decide to postpone or reschedule they'll probably still put tickets back up because like obviously people are going to cancel or you know whatever so like if you weren't able to get in for Anaheim and you still want to try to go like it's probably going to happen you know at a different time so still try to get back in there yeah. We still really want to go. Uh, we still really want it to be in Anaheim because Star Wars. But I think for the most part, we just want it to happen as long as it's yeah. safe, which is probably going to mean like postponing for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially seeing like all the posts about Disney parks in the States, like them canceling all hotel reservations until July 1st at this point. Like, it's really looking like, even if they were to open on July 1st, they're going to be taking, um, like, half, like, crowds into Disneyland anyway. So they're not going to want a big event that's going to crowd their parks. Yeah. I mean, like, at this point, like, if they were to postpone it even, like, for next August, like, that would suck. Yeah. But I would feel so much better knowing that, like, they'd have another year to make sure it's going to be safe. But isn't D23 usually August? (laughs) That's what worries me. That's what worries me is that they're going to cancel and and D23 is just, it's going to, that's going to be the event. Which we've talked about potentially going to that if that happens but um but yeah that's i'm scared (laughs) if they push it back and you know d23 is the thing that happens in august i hope that celebrations still would happen next year they would just have it somewhere else like we've talked about this before because like i i would be willing to go to d23 because we could still go to like disneyland and like all that kind of stuff yeah um but like celebration is just so it's just, it's really amazing. It's a really mm-hmm. cool thing to go to. So and, I hope that it doesn't yeah. get canceled just all together. And you've been to both. And from what I understand, Celebration is organized a lot better than D23. Yes, yes. Listen, <laughs> every time people talk about how poorly organized um, Celebration is, I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> D23 <laughs> was a mess. Which part of that was, you know, like I was better prepared going into celebration, but like D23 was a mess. <laughs> I think two Virgos, we could make it work. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'll just have to see how that goes. But speaking of, you know, quarantine and all of that kind of stuff, we do have some new quarantine wrecks. Um, Alex decided to get Amazon so that she could watch <laughs> Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I watched it so fast. Yes, you did. <laughs> I've been dying for you to watch this show. We both really love Gilmore Girls. It's the same creator. And Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is so good. And and it feels like the same creator. It really does. Yes. (laughs) Um, Gilmore Girls just has this, like, feel, especially to the writing. Um, And Miss Maisel has it, too. And it's it's really great. It's so good. And, you know, Zachary Levi's in it. What did you think of Zachary Levi? He's so tall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's a tall doctor he's taller than adam driver that's amazing <laughs> that is absolutely amazing so another wreck we've talked about this one before but laura olympus um the update this past weekend oh my god <laughs> we were screaming <laughs> like no spoilers but i died yeah <laughs> yeah don't say anything yeah, i'm not just... gonna say anything Please read Laura Olympus. I will say one thing. Um, butterflies. Okay. Just butterflies. Oh, my God. 
Um, but our last trek, I haven't been good. So we kind of gave ourselves homework to try to watch Russian Doll because of the <laughs> announcements with Leslie Helen, um, Leslie Headland. Um, I watched one episode. <laughs> I've watched four. Okay. <laughs> so okay, I've only watched four because I'm watching with my boyfriend who also wants to watch, and he doesn't binge anything. No. <laughs> so it's like we watch an episode here and there. It's not because I don't like it. I really do. And I have been tempted to put it on, but that's why I'm watching it slowly. I wasn't that into it. Um, it, it I wasn't like super into the humor, but I do appreciate like the writing and the story because like it's not a story that you see super often. Um, so, like, I'd be interested to go back and, like, maybe watch it on my own. I tried to watch it with my mom, and my mom, like, super wasn't into it. But since it's short, I might try to pick that back up, because I- I've heard a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gotten interesting at the midway point, like, pulling some new characters into the mix and stuff. Ooh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So the reason, you know, we were trying to watch Russian Doll is because it was announced that um, Leslie Headland, who is one of the creators of that show, she's one of the writers, she is going to be developing a series for Disney+, Plus, a Star Wars series. This was finally confirmed by StarWars.com. Confirmed! Yes. <laughs> she's going to write, executive produce, and serve as the showrunner for this show. I want it to be Darth Vader so badly. <laughs> I think she's just got a lot of really cool ideas. What else? Like, I just, Russian Doll has this, like, gritty feel to it. And and, and I guess it comes from it, like, being in in New York and a lot of it takes place at night. And I'm just, like, thinking, like, where does that fit into the Star Wars universe? Like, where, like... Like, where do her sensibilities come in? Like, where? what are we going to see? And, like, it kind of made me think of Ventress. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be, like, a Ventress show. Like, yeah. I would love it if they would take, like, um, you know, Dark Disciple and, like, do a show. But, like, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. But I do think she would have a really cool feel if it was, like, Lady Bounty Hunters or Night Sisters or like something like that. It's it's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna have a cool vibe. And in that same article, um, we also got the news that Taika Waititi um, is officially directing the next, well, maybe not the next, but a Star Wars feature film. He's going to direct it and co-write it along with Christy Wilson Carnes, um, who wrote 1917. That's really exciting. I haven't seen 1917, so I can't really talk on that. I've heard a lot of good things, so I think I'll have to put it on my watch list. Yeah, I haven't watched either. My my mom and my stepdad did, and they really liked it. And, like, obviously, you know, it won a whole bunch of awards. But yeah. I, I really trust Taika Waititi. Anybody who worked on The Mandalorian, like, yeah. I'm, I'm here for. So I think it's going to be a really cool thing. I think it's going to be a really cool movie. Yeah, and you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet, have you? No, I haven't. It's it's really good, and, like, Taika has this just, like, weird sensibility for, like, his humor is just, like, it's so, um, it's so him and so different, and it's not for everyone, obviously, but I I, I think it hits really well, and I think it, it, it marries with Star Wars humor really well. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that we talked about um, when we were on Postcards for Galaxy's yeah. Edge. 
like, you know, Star Wars humor is kind of like its own thing. And he did episode eight of The Mandalorian, which is, you know, the one with the two stormtroopers who have the baby and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I just feel like he really gets it. And it's hard to explain, but it, it just makes a lot of sense the way he does it. Yeah. So we did get to hear him talk more about uh, writing and directing for that um, with the new Disney Gallery show. But before we talk about that, um, we also got some Jedi Fallen Order news. Okay, so this news comes from the CEO of EA on um, a conference call with his investors um, where I think he confirms it. Like, I didn't get to actually hear this call, like, what his exact words were. But, um... The news is that it's franchising. Um, that means that we're getting more games, which is like <laughs> so exciting. Um, Fallen Order was like a highlight of 2019 for us. Oh, 100%. Well, and like it just makes so much sense that we're going to get more games because it, it, it exists in a time in Star Wars where like we've been exploring a lot of like it's before rebels but it's kind of in that rebels timeline yeah like we could even see like maybe kanan come into yeah. it like it's i think it's, really there's so much good potential. era it's yeah. I've, I've come to enjoy that sweet spot the rebels sweet spot so much <laughs> yes like i'm still excited for like tie-ins with like you know where mandalorian is yeah but there's so much we don't know but, like, between Order 66 and, like, A New Hope, there's a lot of good stuff in there that they've really been able to pull out, which has been really, really awesome. And it's just, it's so, the game can be so separate, but so tied into the big picture, especially with, like, um, Palpatine's whole, like, contingency plan. Because that era is, like, all about setting up the contingency for after the war. And it's, like... It's just all these puzzle pieces, like, being put together. It's so good. The care, we're going to talk about this a lot, but the care that went into that show, oh, I love it. I love it. So good. So, Disney Gallery, uh, it's a new show on Disney+. Plus. We are getting some behind-the-scenes looks at the making of The Mandalorian. As of right now, we have two episodes, and this show, (laughs) oh my god, (laughs) Like, it's really special. And, it's very special. Um, I I feel like Star Wars has like has been hit or miss with its like extra content. I don't know like if you feel like that, but like The Last Jedi, for example, had amazing bonus content, and I have a feeling that probably has to do with Ryan because Knives Out also has amazing bonus content, but. The Force Awakens was, it was okay, and you could only get the director's commentary if you had, like, the 3D Blu-ray, um, so, I, and I'm really happy to see that whoever's, like, pulling strings at Lucasfilm for this, for this show to be made, like, really showing behind the scenes, and we really get, like, a, a good flavor of, like, how this production went. Yeah, I, I think it was really amazing. Like, you know, a lot of it is a roundtable with all the directors. So, like, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Bryce Dallas Howard, everybody. Like, it, it's really amazing to see how collaborative it was. Like, 
the directors were visiting each other's sets. They were really talking a lot with Dave Filoni. Like, George Lucas was there, too. Like, just seeing how they were able to, like, learn this story and then, like, collaborate off of each other so all the episodes felt like one thing. It just... That's the word to describe this show is collaboration. Yes. It is so clear to me how, even though, like, you're like, oh, I know what episode really spoke to me, like, episode seven done by Deborah Chow. Like, that one was the one that spoke to me. But watching the show, you're seeing that, like, there's fingerprints from that whole, like, group in each other's episodes. And it's it's amazing to see Yeah, well, and, like, you can tell, like, that there are different directors, which I like. Like, you can tell, like, Mm -hmm. a little bit of, like, the different flavor. Like, you were saying, like, the fingerprints. But it still all feels like one thing. Yeah, because, like, for example, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode, she, um, so on on the gallery, she was talking about how much Jurassic Park as a child influenced her. And, like, I mean, she's in the newer ones, but also as a child, seeing that influenced her so much. You can see how much Jurassic Park influenced her episode. Like, the part, the shots of, like, the, um, is it the ATST coming yeah, in? Yeah, the walker. Like, it looks like the T-Rex in the first Jurassic Park movie, the way she shot it. Like, it's just, it's it's incredible to see things like that. Yeah, and, like, I hadn't even thought about that until she mentioned Jurassic Park, and then I was like, oh, my God, like, that's exactly what that is. Well, and she was saying that, like, as an actor, like, she's a little bit more clued in to, like, the actors, and so it was amazing to, like, hear, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Gina. Yeah, Gina. It was amazing to hear Gina talk about, you know, working with Bryce, and, like, that was really awesome because, like, Cara Dune's character like could have gone very masculine but like Bryce Dallas How- Bryce Dallas Howard just like really got it yeah and it was so exciting to see she never did I have I, I don't think that there was a single moment in the first season where I felt that like Cara Dune felt masculine she, like she was, could have it, been it, like it a man been character so easy for them to make her feel masculine and they didn't no, and it, it, it's so amazing. It, it all, like, comes into, like, the way that she talks, the way that she carries herself. It's, like, all these little yeah. things. And, like, you know, we are a, a little salty, you know, about The Rise of Skywalker, but it, it just seeing how much, like, these creators, like, really cared about this story and wanted it all to fit together and wanted to really tell that, like, mythic story, you really feel that. And, like, hearing them talk about it, just, like, put it on a whole nother level. So much care. So much care. So much care. So do you want to talk a little bit about Dave Filoni's uh, speech? (laughs) On the foundation of Star Wars? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, We are all, like, living in Dave Filoni's world over here. Yes. (laughs) Officially, Dave Filoni Um, stands. Well, okay, because I I would say, like, I've always been a big fan of everything he makes and everything, like, almost everything he's had to say about Star Wars, but this, like, it was, like, a six-minute speech, and it was, like, just, like, a light bulb went off, and I was, like, as long as Dave Filoni is working at Lucasfilm, there will be good content. Yes. Like... I know how discouraged so many of us have felt after the rise of Skywalker. And, like, we're going to talk about 
the Clone Wars. And like I was even seeing that with like people who watched the Clone Wars, people who didn't watch the Clone Wars, like still feeling like, but it all fell apart anyway. But like hearing Dave Filoni talk about, you know, like working with George and like learning from him and like even him talking about the prequels, like he goes on this huge tangent about the duel of the fates and it blew my mind. Like he just really gets it. And he really cares. Yeah, about about um, Qui Gon being the father. Yes, and it always being this story of love between a father and son. Yes, well, and he's like, you know, the duel <laughs> of the fates. It was all about Anakin's fate, and like Qui Gon dies, he was the stand-in father figure. So Anakin never had a father. Like, that was his one chance, and now it's gone, because Obi-Wan was more of, like, a brother figure. He's taken away from his mother. He loses his mother. And then that Vader turn at the end, like, oh, he just puts so much into it. And I'm like... I I really, like, loved the part where he was talking about how Luke could have gone either way in Return of the Jedi... Yes. When he said he had, like, equal, like, chance of going either side, but the difference was his father. The yes. The love for his father. Yes. Oh, I just, it's so good. Like, Anakin in that moment was the father that he never got to have. And so he, you know, stepped up and saved his son. And nobody yeah. ever saved him. Like, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. And, like, it, it would have been nice to see that through a line go into the sequel trilogy, because I feel like there are baby steps of it getting there, and oh, it yeah. never fully, like, commits to that arc. No, like, and I think you kind of see echoes of it, like, when Kylo gets to talk to Han, like, yeah. for that last time, but... They just, they didn't commit to it because they kind of shied away from his yeah. story. Instead, they tried to commit to giving Rey a father, which isn't the the same arc because it's more about the father and the son aspect of it than, than Rey having a father. Yeah, well, because, like, there's even that amazing line from Kylo where he's, like, you know... You, you can't stop needing them. Like, he was the father you never had. Like, there was a story to be told there, and I feel like they just they just didn't go for it. And, you know, hearing Dave Filoni talk and hearing these directors talk, like, I feel like you can really tell that The Rise of Skywalker just didn't consult the story. They, they weren't concerned about all of Star Wars. They were just concerned about the story that they wanted to tell. yeah. Um, like, Dave even says that, like, he never saw Star Wars as his because it belongs to everybody. And to me, that just hits so much differently than, like, hearing Chris Terrio talk about, you know, like, yeah. growing up and watching, like, Return of the Jedi like, and, like, what he, like he interpreted. Like, he Like, yeah. he feels like he has ownership over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I... it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Dave Filoni knows what he's talking about. Yes. I I always remember, like, before I was into Star Wars, like, you know, you, you kind of have these, these preconceived, like, rules of Star Wars. Like, I always see people who, like, were really into it, and they'd be like, oh, these are really great, but, like, the prequels suck, especially The Phantom Menace. And, like, I always remember that from when I wasn't a fan. Yeah. So seeing, like, these creators 
praising the Phantom Menace and like talking about how important it is, I'm just like, oh man, you get it. <laughs> because you get regardless, regardless of like the criticism of the prequel trilogy, George Lucas's ideas and his themes and his just like the constant story from episode one to six is clear. It yes. is so clear. Yes. And like that's why people love Star Wars. Uh, it, it's that story. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not because it's people fighting with laser swords, which is another thing that Dave says. He's like, you know, that duel of the fates, it's a cool fight, not because they're fighting with laser swords, it's because of what it represents. And I think like that's why Star Wars really speaks to people because it's it's that story that it's telling and it's like reaching out and like making you think a different way. And it's just ah, Dave Filoni, I bow down to you. Like you love Star Wars yeah. so much and I love you for that. Are we since we're talking about Dave Filoni in The Mandalorian, are we going to talk about the rumor that's going around? I guess we should. You want to you want to talk about that? Okay, so I'm kind of upset that this is even being talked about because I would have liked this to be a surprise. So if you're really lucky and you have not seen any casting rumors for The Mandalorian Season 2, then you might want to skip ahead a bit so you don't hear about this. Okay, so there's your spoiler warning. Okay, so there is talk that Boba Fett is coming into The Mandalorian. What do you think of that? So, like, initial reaction, I think Boba Fett's really boring, and I don't care about him at all. But um, that's initial reaction. That is, yes, there is some butts to that, I think. There, there's a lot of butts to that. Um, one thing that I do like is that no one is ever really gone, and mm-hmm. that anybody at any time can come back in Star Wars. So, that, yeah. you know, put a pin in that, Ben Solo's not dead. <laughs> um... But I also like that it could be a really cool juxtaposition for Din Djarin. Yeah. And this is something that, like, um, MC and um, Ty Black from uh, What the Force have been talking about, like, mythically and storytelling-wise. Like, it's a really cool idea to bring him in. It is going to depend on how they do it. But I do think they're going to do it well. Yeah, I think so too. And the other thing is, Maul in The Phantom Menace isn't much of a, like, like a personality of a character. Yeah. But look what they've done to Maul over like bringing him back. Look at all the character development. Like, and I imagine before they brought him back, people were probably like, why? <laughs> like, oh, because he looks cool and he fights. Like, that's the same thing we're saying about Boba Fett. So there's so much potential, and as long as Dave Filoni is involved, like, I don't think we should roll our eyes at it. Yeah, not at all. I'm excited. Though, like I said, I am a little unhappy that it got spoiled, if that's happening. I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, it, it makes me wonder because, you know, like, the Baby Yoda thing was so locked up. Yeah. And so I'm like, if if we're hearing about this... Is it because there's something bigger that we're not hearing about? Yeah. Like, I have a lot of questions. So, it's going to be cool. Like, I, I really, I was really nervous about John Favreau, but he and Dave have a yeah. really interesting relationship. 
I think the thing with Jon Favreau is he knows when something isn't, like, his strength. I think he he is a collaborative as, like, a creator. So I think he really knows when to hand off the reins to someone else. Yeah, for sure. And, like, the best example of that is The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't watched um, those Disney Gallery episodes, like I said, there's only two right now. Um, The new ones come out on Friday. I really recommend it. (laughs) It's very good. Okay, so since we're still on kind of like our Dave uh, high horse here, I think it's time to move into the final two episodes of The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for these feels? No. <laughs> <laughs> so when we left off um, in our last episode, you know, we covered the first two last time. Uh, now we, you know, the Siege of Mandalore is basically over. Uh, Maul has been captured everything seems to be kind of okay but like obviously we know that like order 66 is right around the corner um in these two episodes we have shattered and victory and death in shattered order 66 happens and then the rest of it is ahsoka escaping were you expecting 66 to be happening so early on no (laughs) i i really thought it was going to be like the last episode I was very I think, surprised. I think putting it in part three, like at the beginning, was really a, a good pacing move. Yes. It well, allows you to feel a lot. The The music is so mm-hmm. good. Like, mm-hmm. my, my biggest praise with, like, I love everything about this whole four-part everything. Like, it's so good. But, like, the music is amazing. Amazing, And it just yeah. does such a good job of, like, making you feel uneasy. And, like... I really like that somebody put it, they were, like, laying it with other um, clips from Revenge of the Sith. So, like, at some point, you know, Ahsoka goes in to talk to the council, and, like, literally, like, 30 seconds before, Anakin was there. Like, she just missed him, and she doesn't get to talk to him again. Like, it, it, you really feel it. And then later, like, her and Rex rock, walk out onto the bridge, and all of the clones on the bridge, like, look like they do in the Empire, And the way the music is, like, you can tell that, like, something's not right. Like, something's gonna happen. Yeah. And when that order is executive, seeing Rex, like, shaking. He cries. Yeah. He's, like, fighting back, but he can't. It's impossible. Yes. It's, oh, my gosh. So there's really not a lot of Mandalore stuff in these two episodes. Really, all we get is just kind of like the ending, the wrap up of the Siege of Mandalore. They're on the way from Mandalore. Yeah, exactly. So we see like the Maldalorians and Gar Saxon being taken into custody. We did talk about this last time. Um, He's going to strike a deal with the Empire and kind of turn against Bo-Katan. But Bo-Katan is reflecting that Mandalore needs a new kind of leader. And I think she is going to be a really great leader for while she's able to be one. Um, and hopefully we'll get to see her come back. Um, I still think she might show up in The Mandalorian. So Yeah, I we'll think see. so. Well, there were rumors that her actress was um, shooting some stuff. Yeah. Uh, to me, like, she is the rightful heir of Mandalore. Yeah. Like, in, it, I just really want to see her reclaim it. I really, really do. (laughs) So that's really all we get, like, Mandalore-wise, and that is in Shattered. 
But from there, like we move into Order 66 and it's just, I love how closely it ties in to Revenge of the Sith. I love how they brought back like that one arc with fives when he like finds out about the inhibitor chips and all that. Like it it feels so rewarding. They they really like I mean we haven't you haven't watched all of Clone Wars, right? Mm-mm. Um and it's been a while since I've rewatched like like an entire rewatch without just like single like picking like episodes, but I was watching the Clone Wars download and uh, Dave was talking about how rewarding it is for fans to look back at the episodes where they throw in little hints about the chips and about about potentially something happening with those chips. Yes. Well, and it it's it's not like fan service and it's not like oh you only understand this if you watch these episodes yeah. like I didn't watch the the arc with fives like I had only known about the inhibitor chips just through like hearsay like I had yeah. never seen those arcs but like it's so awesome the way that it ties in because it feels like one story mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like like a treat or like oh did you see this wink wink nudge nudge like no it just it makes it feel but cohesive. that is Dave. Dave isn't, it's it's not, it's like, for example, the Mortis Gods. Bring a Mortis God story into Rebels. Like, that was not like, oh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Like, remember that Clone Wars episode? No, this is like big scale planning that Dave does. Yes. And it, what's amazing about that, too, because like, I watched Rebels before I watched, uh, I think I watched the Mortis arc, maybe, before I watched Rebels. But like, it still makes sense and it makes you want to go back and put the pieces together. Yeah. Like that's what's cool about Star Wars since it's all told out of order. Like it makes you want to go back and like learn the things. And like I I think about that with like other like book series, like they'll have like novellas come out and a a big like a big problem I have with like the I am number 4 series is that they started doing all these novellas and then, like, the final couple of books only make sense if you've read the novellas, and that's horrible. Like, you should be able to still read yeah. them without having that supplemental information. Whereas, like, with Dave, like, if you haven't seen certain parts of it, it's like, yeah, you are kind of missing a big puzzle piece, but, like, it still makes sense. Like, you could watch th- these four episodes of Clone Wars without watching anything yeah. else, and it's still going to be meaningful to you. I So, like... Star Wars is a cool series in that way that, like, you can kind of enter anywhere. Yeah. Like, things are very, like, um, you can watch, like, I I still think you could watch, like, Attack of the Clones on its own and be like, yeah, like, this is a story. I feel like the only one that you can't do that with is The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Yeah, it's true, because, like, that one really, like, leans on other bits it, that's what's so funny is that it, it really leans on like the nostalgia bits of Star Wars, but then it doesn't lean on like the canon in the story. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this weird mishmash with uh, Rise of Skywalker. Like it, it's, it just baffles me, baffles me. Um, but like on that note, like with Clone Wars, like this was the main thing I was looking for with these episodes was if it was going to make the Ahsoka novel not canon. And we talked about this last time that, like, people were saying that the Ahsoka novel wasn't canon anymore because, like, the scenes were different, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they really weren't. Um, When we get into victory and death, like, 
I was really looking for Ahsoka with the graves and leaving her lightsabers behind. I was like, this was a big moment in the Ahsoka novel. And I pulled up the passage. So this is, it starts on like page 64. Um, and she she's um, looking down at a grave, um, her heart a stone in her chest. She's reflecting on, you know, like being with the Jedi, um, being Anakin's Padawan, working with uh, the clones. It says that she felt completely alone in the Force, except for the dark nothingness that stared back at her every time she tried to connect with Anakin or any of the others. She should have been at the temple. She should have been with Anakin. She'd been on Mandalore almost entirely alone, surrounded by clones and confusion and blaster fire. Maul had escaped, of course. She'd had the opportunity to kill him, but had chosen to save Rex instead. She didn't regret that, couldn't regret it. But the mischief and worse that Maul might wreak across reek in the galaxy with no Jedi to protect it not at her. Now there was the grave. Everything about it was false, from the name listed on it to the name of the person who'd killed him. So this grave is the fake grave for Rex. Like, she and Rex decided to, like, fake his death, and she leaves her lightsabers behind, saying that, like, oh, I killed him. And... Where is it? Yeah, she didn't want to leave her lightsabers behind because Anakin had given them to her. She walked away from the Jedi Temple with nothing but the clothes on her back, um, had struggled to find a way in the galaxy. When she had found a mission, when she'd reached out to her former master, he had reached back and given her the Jedi weapons to do the job. Like, oh, it's so good. (laughs) Dave still brought all that in. And he didn't have to. This book came out in 2000, what, 2016? He could have, like, totally been like, oh, it doesn't matter. This is just, like, a random book that came out. But no, like, he took the care to make sure that this novel was still canon. But you also know that when Clone Wars was canceled, there was still, like, laid out plans for this arc. Yeah. So it's, it's more likely that he, when Clone Wars was kind of, like, done... And the Ahsoka novel was being made. He took notes that he had from a while ago. I mean, but still, like, they could have been like, you know what? We're going to do it differently. Like, this things have changed now. Like, they could have changed it. Because, like, they they were telling the story. And, like, arguably, you know, the show is more important than the books. More people watch the show. Like, it could have been, like, inconsequential. But, like, the fact that they made sure it was still canon and like yeah there are details that are different and i could see them re-releasing this novel with more accurate scenes but like it's still canon and they took the time to make sure of that whereas like the rise of skywalker like you know resistance reborn had just come out and the rise of skywalker contradicts almost everything in that book yeah so it just it makes me excited about Star Wars again, like knowing that there are still people that really care about this story. Yeah. You know what I would love to see? You were talking about the Ahsoka book. I would love to see a novelization version of these four episodes. Oh, man. (laughs) That would be so good. I think there is a novelization for like the Clone Wars movie Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So it would be amazing. (laughs) That would be 
spectacular. I would love that. Yeah. And I want Christy Golden to write it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote Dark Disciple. I believe in her. She knows how to like really twist the knife with already painful material. <laughs> oh man. So other things in this episode, um, Mall in the Hallway. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Star Wars it's- is about hallways and elevators. <laughs> and elevators. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do have to say though, going back to Russian doll for one second, there is a really important elevator scene in Russian doll. So it's like, yeah, you know Leslie Hedlund gets it. <laughs> you gotta understand the art of the elevator and the hallway <laughs> fights. <laughs> if there's like a certain intimacy to elevators and hallways. It just oh, it's so good. I know a lot of people were expecting, um, and like I was definitely one of them, expecting Maul and Ahsoka to team up. Um, they don't. Ahsoka just lets him out so that he can cause a distraction so that she can get away. And watching those episodes again and like reading this passage in the, in the Ahsoka novel, if she had tried to work with Maul, she would not have been able to save Rex. And more troopers probably would have died because like Maul doesn't care if people die. And like Ahsoka was very clear on like we are not killing these troopers. Like it's yeah, not the their troopers fault. died anyways. I mean, yes, but like I think more of them Well, no, they, all right? they all died because it crashed. Died. You're right. You're right. Now that I'm thinking about this. But 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 that's beside the point. <laughs> Ahsoka didn't want to kill anybody. Maul wants to kill everyone. And she does get to save Rex, which is just great. It's it's great. So there you go. Plus, there's this amazing theory going around that uh, Ahsoka is the daughter and Maul is the son. And it's very interesting when you watch these episodes again with that, like, in the back of your mind. Yeah. And, like, the thing that makes that idea so plausible is that, like, Dave Filoni. Like, Dave Dave Filoni. Filoni, Dave Filoni is also, like, five steps ahead of us. And, like, he's, like, way into that. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, Dave Filoni, just please tell me where Ezra is, and I bet you anything Maul is still alive somehow. (laughs) He knows. Yeah, I love that that meme that was going around where it was like, it's the Uno meme, and it's Dave Filoni holding cards, and it's like, uh, Dave Filoni, tell us um, where Ezra is, or draw 25, (laughs) and he has 25 cards. (laughs) It's so true, though. It's so true. And, like, you know that, like, he either knows and that story is like Oh no, ready he knows. It is he waiting. knows. Yeah. Well, oh. I think he knows. But like he wouldn't say anything no matter what. Because even if he didn't know, like he's yeah. not gonna let somebody else write that story. Like No, that is, but I that also his. think he knew when he wrote Ezra off. That's what I He has he I, so I'm I convinced Dave Filoni is five steps ahead of where the audience is. At Just, all times. I bow down before Dave <laughs> Filoni. Like, do I need to make a Dave shrine on my island? Yes. <laughs> Animal Crossing? <laughs> we're, we're just going to be, like, island shrines, like, yes. everywhere. I, I, um, this is, like, beside the point, but I've been, like, redoing my island. And I moved, <laughs> I moved my black flower garden where I'd put, like, a, a Raylo kiss painting. And now I'm, like, I need to, like, download a Dave picture <laughs> so I can put that up with it. <laughs> it's, like, candles everywhere. It's just great. Oh, you know what would be really cool? So <laughs> remember at Celebration when Charlotte and Caitlin wore <gasps> yes. dresses? 
Someone needs to design that dress in Animal Crossing, and I'm sure, like, I'm almost positive you could probably buy a, a cowboy hat in the game, I would assume. Yes. I need this. I need this to be a thing. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, but back to Clone Wars. Um, since we already kind of talked about this, um, everybody does die. Uh, spoilers. Not Ahsoka, Maul, or Rex. They do escape, but... Maul causes their ship to crash, and the very end of the episode, we see Rex, you know, preparing the ship to leave. Ahsoka leaves her lightsabers, and we see all of the graves of the stormtroopers, um, or of the clone troopers. She had buried all of them. And later, and I think it was, a lot of people had assumed it was only, like, months later, but it was confirmed on Twitter. Was it Matt Martin? No, wasn't it in Clone Wars Download? Maybe it was, oh, you're right. It was in Clone Wars Download. Um, This is years later. So we're already into the Empire when this happens. And this is an unnamed planet. We don't know what it is. But we see Vader coming back here and he finds Ahsoka's sabers and he ignites the blue saber. Darth Vader ignites a blue saber and then a convoy flies overhead. Well, it was... It was more I. I mean, it, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> this is so meaningful. <laughs> um, I, one interesting thing, I don't know if you heard Sky Talker's discussion of this episode, but they were talking about how, even though Vader is in the Vader suit, it feels like Anakin. It does. The, the way he walks. Yes. Yeah. Like, it just, it doesn't feel like it's some, like, lifeless machine in there. Like, it feels like it's Anakin. And I I think it was on their episode when they were talking about, like, the final shot of this episode, of the series, is the reflection of Vader walking away in one of the clone trooper helmets that is painted in Ahsoka's colors. Like, and, like, that is the Clone Wars. Like, literally... That was the only way it was ever going to end. Well, we knew that there had to be, like, a separation between that timeline. Like, that that big time in Anakin's life when he had Ahsoka yeah. part of his family. It's, it's a lot, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That final scene is so beautiful. And it just means so much. So you had put some questions in this to ask for the ending. So was this a satisfying ending to season seven or the Clone Wars overall? Yes and yes. Yes, I completely it was, agree. It was a heartbreaking, a heartbreaking ending, but it was satisfying. Yes. And I would almost say that it feels not exactly hopeful, because um, this is a very dark, like, this is the darkest point in Star Wars. Because, like, Order 66 just happened. Anakin just fell to the dark side. He just lost everything. Padme's dead. You know, it. this is a very dark time in Star Wars. But, like, it almost feels hopeful. And I think it's because Morai flies overhead. Yeah. Like Something about Morai being there. Yes. It, And, like, we know that Morai and Ahsoka are connected. But it just... It makes it feel really mystical because, like, the Morai is a daughter and, like, there's something, like, yes, this all happened and, yes, it was all tragic, but, like, there's still meaning there and they're still being watched over. 
along the same lines of that, um, would you consider this to be a true ending to the story? Could you have seen it yeah. ending any other way? I think Dave Filoni just can do epilogues, like, for everything. Yes. <laughs> like, it makes me think of the Rebels epilogue, like... Well, yeah, I, I re-watched the Rebels. I I go through these waves of where I have to watch the last five episodes of Rebels together. Um, and usually I do it on Saturday mornings, and it ends <laughs> up being, like, an emotional mess. Because if you know what happens... Yeah. Five episodes before the end and then into the end, into the epilogue of Rebels. It is heartbreaking, but it's really a touching ending. And there is like this big door that opens to a new story, yet he can tie it all up with a bow like that. And like like this like Sky Talkers say, put it on the shelf. Yes. Yes. And like your your other question here, like, you know, are there more stories that can stem off of this? Just like with Rebels, like it's a heartbreaking end. It, it is sad, but it also feels like this door has been flung wide open. Like, yes, it is ended and like we are at an end, like you can put it on the shelf now, but it also feels like it's opened a door to so many more stories. And like, I honestly feel like that's how the Clone Wars ended too. Like it's sad and it's yeah. over and it's done, but because more I flew yeah. overhead and like we obviously know that there's more to the story, but like there's so much more that can be told now like there's still so many different directions that the story can go to me i'm like okay what what is he telling us where are we going to see mortis next show up yes exactly like it 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 feels so mystical and it feels like you know we're we're on the verge of something yeah and, and that's the star wars i love is yes the mystical yes <laughs> well and i think it's 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 felt so good to feel like that about Star Wars again, to feel like we're on the verge of something really great. Yeah. Like, that's how The Last Jedi felt, like, all of 2018, most of 2019, like, we felt like we were on the verge of something, like, really, really yeah. big. And, like, yeah, it didn't turn out the way we wanted to, but just, I have so much faith in Dave Filoni and the way that he ended yeah. the story and, like, the amount of care that was gone into it. Like, it just, I feel like, we have so many possibilities right now and that, you know, Star Wars has a lot of hope now. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like in the past two weeks, I've been feeling a lot more positive about Star Wars than I had at the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. I still do not think I can watch The Rise of Skywalker. Like, just thinking about oh. it makes me really angry. But like, for the first time in a long time, I feel very hopeful about Star Wars. Which, isn't that ironic that we're, you know, Order 66 just happened. Padme's dead. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and yet we feel hopeful about this story. Like, we know that, like, Ahsoka's going to be okay. We know that, you know, Luke is going to bring Anakin back. Like, it it just feels so, like, intentional and emotional. Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah. So where do you think we could go from here. Because, like, I kind of feel like we might get, like, comics, maybe? Like, of Vader hearing about Ahsoka, and, like, that's what leads him to this planet. Hmm. But that would be... So, the first run of Vader... No, that takes place between A New Hope and Empire. But when is he on this... When does he get the lightsaber? Yeah, because they they said... 
They said a few years. So I would say we're probably... Closer to Fallen Order timeline. I wonder if this is Fallen Order. Like, are we, like, five years out, maybe? Um, Because, like, Vader is in Fallen Order, briefly. So, like, I wonder if maybe... Maybe seeing that Cal was alive made him wonder if there were other Jedi that survived. Well, I mean, they knew, like, the whole story of Fallen Order is about tracking down the Jedi to turn them into Inquisitors rather than kill them, basically. That's true. So he does know they're out there. That, that, I mean, yes, that is that is true. I had completely forgotten about the Inquisitors. <laughs> um, that just, it makes me wonder, because, like, you know, they're looking for these Jedi to turn into Inquisitors, and, like, if Vader had found Ahsoka alive while that was happening, like, would he try to turn her into an Inquisitor? Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh that's painful. <laughs> that's so painful to think about. I would read that AU. I, I would, would read it. I would. Because, <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, Vader cannot meet Ahsoka again, like, until they face off. Because, Twilight, like, I, I think she, yeah. she would have... Something would have happened, and then, like, A New Hope wouldn't have happened. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know... It, Imagine a, the AU where Ahsoka is an Inquisitor. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, a huge thing with, like, keeping the story intact is that, like, Anakin has to be isolated. So, like, Ahsoka and Anakin, like, cannot reunite. It was, like, the same yeah. with, like, Padme. Like, Padme always had to die because of Anakin, and it's just like, oh, I'm really excited for the next Vader comic. I wish I hadn't gotten pushed back. <laughs> I mean, there's reasons, but there's it'll, reasons. It'll, it'll be good. Yes. Like I like this is what's so crazy. Like this has made me excited for to read more about Vader. Like yeah. I wanna read more Vader comics because mm-hmm. of this. Like I, I just feel like the possibilities are endless. It, it, it feeds really well into Fallen Order. It feeds into Rebels. Like, if this was yeah. your entry point into Star Wars, like, you can go from anywhere now. You can go to anything. That era is so good. It's very good. <laughs> it's very good. And speaking of that era, we're going to be going into it next episode. We are. So we are finally going to talk about Rogue One. Finally. <laughs> yes. I can't believe we've been doing this for, like, over a year, and we've never talked about Rogue One. <laughs> and we're both Rogue One stands. Yes. I, I don't know how it's happened. Well, like, we really love the Rogue One tie-in novels. Like, I like Rogue One more than Solo, and we've talked about Solo so much. <laughs> yeah. We talk about Solo so much. That is weird. I, I know, right? I think it's because the things I do love about Solo, I really love. That's very true. And... Rogue One, though, like, if we're talking about, like, really good Star Wars, like, the Siege of Mandalore arc is, like, amazing Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, amazing Star Wars, and I would say Rogue One, amazing Star Wars. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I, um, I have the audiobook, I'm gonna listen to that next, and I'm excited to have it rip my heart out. <laughs> so, <laughs> the novelization's not, like, the best novelization, but the end is really good. <laughs> the end really twists the knife <laughs> so that will be next time uh do you have anything else you want to say about clone wars or anything as we wrap yeah. this up so on top of rogue one i'm hoping i will have received my rebels art 
um, yes, book by next episode. So I'm hoping that we can cover that in like the news segment a little bit if I get it. Yes, I did see that people were receiving theirs. Yeah. I don't know about in Canada, like, if they're getting their shipments from the U.S. and it's taking a bit longer, but I'm supposed to get it before we record next episode. If we don't, um, we'll definitely still be able to, we'll still talk about it. I'm excited for you to get it because you've, (laughs) you've been waiting for this book for a very long time. Yeah. And I'm getting the, um, it's the exclusive one that I've seen, I've seen videos of it and I got really excited. That's so cool. That's so cool. I'm so excited for you. So that is the end of The Clone Wars. Um, I feel like I'm a horrible Star Wars fan because I haven't watched all of The Clone Wars, but I watched the end. Um, But it was just, it's so good. It's so emotional. And like we said, like you, the story goes anywhere from here and surprisingly it's very hopeful so excited to talk about rogue one next week um please let us know um your thoughts about the clone wars the ending where do you think it's going from here if you want to keep the conversation going you can always find us on twitter at lip underscore lightsabers i am at mccarter shannon and alex is at alex leonis and don't forget um every other tuesday is our story episode if you want to tell us your star wars story or if you just want to gush about star wars if you want to wax poetic about the end of the Clone Wars finale. If you want to talk about Morai for 15 minutes or however long, we just want to hear from you guys. You can send us your Star Wars story. The instructions for how to do that are in the description of every episode and also on our website. But for now, uh, that is going to be it for this episode, and we will see you guys next time. Bye! Bye! Bye!